Hi guys, welcome to Savvy's Morning Market Mania. It's a new part of the podcast that I hope you enjoy. So let's get on with it. Recent data sh- show trading by Main Street investors has plunged over the last month, with retail trading down 35% on Robinhood since early February. Besides higher rates, disappearance of retail investors was weighed on tech stocks, driving the Nasdaq down 11% at one point last month. It seems to have turned around over the last week, with tech stocks in the S&P 500 jumping 13% yesterday, nearly a percent uh, more than any other sector. Other data is showing retail investors coming back and with the enthusiasm that led stocks to strong returns last year. Sometimes bad news is good, at least for the market anyway. Stubbornly, high unemployment claims released uh, yesterday morning calmed worries in the market that an overheating economy would push interest uh, rates up quickly. That combined with Fed Chair Powell reaffirming his commitment to low rates and holding the line on the inflation will be temporary. Story in an IMF speech boosted the S&P 500 to a new record. The Nasdaq is also closing in on its peak, now just 2.5% below the February high. Five of the 11 stock sectors closed higher Thursday, though four others were within 0.1% of posting positive gains. The best and worst performing sectors was the most interesting point, with tech stocks jumping by more than 1.4%, while shares of energy stocks lost 1.3%, the only two sectors to move more than 0.5% on the day. Day's difference in energy and tech stocks set up a trading strategy where if the market continues to bounce back and forth uh, between gains and losses, an investor could play these two sectors off each other. On risk, off days, and those with rising rates, energy has outperformed significantly. On risk, on days, and those with lower rates, technology has risen. For more risk-averse investors, stocks in the consumer discretionary sector have done well on both types of days. The top stocks were SE Inc., which continued to claw back losses, taking the e-commerce retailer back to within 12% of its recent peak. Strengthening these shares is interesting, given other lockdown stocks have fallen further. IPG Photonics rallied on no apparent news, though recent strength could also be a function of retail investors coming back into the tech stocks that have sold off over the last month. Shares were up 78% last year. Align Technology, maker of the Invisalign teeth straightening product, rose on hopes recently renewed lockdowns would keep sales growth strong. Shares doubled last year when lockdown populations spent money on the Invisible Braces tray. My fault on this is possible entry for Big C which has been knocked down and Smile Direct. Teens are spending big again and could be a clue into the best reopening stocks to watch. A survey of 7,000 teens by Piper Sandler reveals spending has diverged among the sexes. Over the last several months, teen girls spent 9% more on clothing than in the fall, the biggest gain since 2015. Teen boys, though, are still spending less than they did during the fall, comparable 
period by about a percent. Some of the difference may be due to the fact that spending by teen girls had further to fall and had been trending lower since 2019. Even at the spring 2020 low, teen girls spent an estimated $543 annualised more than the 2018 peak of $532 in spending by boys. <coughs> Still, the increase in spending bodes well for female-centred brands and apparel. Lululemon, Elf Beauty, Crocs and Revolve all made significant brand awareness gains in the survey and shares of Victoria's Secret parent L Brands is up 64% on the year. My fault is I like Under Armour. They've recently marketed like never before in London and US restructured the whole business, streamlined it without hurting it. They also provide the suits for people going up in the SPCE craft and when it's shown with the Under Armour logo I think it will fly. I think it will easily reach 25 to 27. And Foot Locker, when night goes up, so do they. They were one of the companies that grew during the pandemic because they have a good e-commerce platform. So whether it's a lockdown or reopening play, they will thrive. So it's a hedge against both. Anyway, on with the show. Gold closed at a six-week high on Thursday as a accommodative language from Federal Reserve pushed the dollar in interest rates lower. The metal is still 13% off its 2020 peak and facing some heavier headwinds to make it much higher. Interest rates fell on release of minutes from the Fed's most recent meeting showing members still committed to keeping rates low for as long as possible. Comments by Fed Chair Powell on Thursday also help to drive rates and the dollar lower with Powell opening the door to more bond purchases by the Fed. Some analysts are calling for still lower interest rates and a weaker dollar, both of which would be positive for gold. But I just don't see it. Optimism for the economy recovery and stock market will draw money out of safe haven assets uh, like gold and economic growth as high as 8% is sure to boast interest rates. That kind of growth in the US versus more sluggish growth in Europe and Asia due to slower vaccine distribution will also cause the dollar to strengthen. Price of gold has considerable support, around $1,700 an ounce. And it isn't particularly expensive at $1,755 either, but is not likely to trade above $1,850 for a while. The price action over the last month has been a welcome reprieve for miners, but may not last long. The Wall Street Journal outlines four interesting and potential futures for investing, though none are very actionable. Just yet, still, it makes for a fun read and something to watch for when these do open up to Main Street investing. Patronage to artists and Athletes is nothing new. The rich have been funding works of art for millennia, but recently the investing community is getting in on the action. Big League Advance is a new investment fund, paying promising athletes one time and stipends for a share of their future in earnings. A deal might include payment of $100,000 to a minor league baseball player for 1% of the future earnings. 
another startup, STEM Dis Disintermedia. It's an online platform musicians can use to sell revenue interests in their future work. Binary options have also been around for a while, but could be expanding into other types of yes no bets with trading startup Kalshi. Platform will pay out $1 per contract on correct bets for anything from when will President Biden run again to whether the S&P 500 will rise or fall this year. Tokenization may be coming to traditional assets like real estate and companies. Unlike crowdfunding or coin offerings, tokens are regulated so bring a level of credibility and legitimacy to the idea. Investments in real estate and even companies could be broken into pieces, much like with shares and sold through the tokens, similar to what has been done with non-fungible tokens, NFTs this year. Water contracts on the future price of California drinking water started trading on the CME exchange last year. Trading volume has been light so far, but could increase as the sustainability and water scarcity became a bigger issue over the next decade. Final thought, the bounce in tech stocks, although we like to think money is coming back to tech, may be short-lived when reopening plays are read. I'm using these days to shore up the value reopening play sector of my portfolio, which is still a little too tech-heavy, which is unavoidable today, but it's about uh, looking not only what will happen tomorrow, but one month from now and three to six months from now and a year from now. Thank you for listening.